Hey everyone, good morning and welcome to the DBIP group live innovators Q&A, your daily live cast bringing you guys answers to common intellectual property questions ranging from patents to trademarks, copyrights, trade secrets. This is your guys hopefully very, very helpful show that brings a lot of clarity and brings a lot of additional information around various aspects of intellectual property. If you guys have questions about intellectual property, please feel free to always send them our way. You can email Victoria at victoria to dbip.com. Uh, we also have a community number. Please join our text community. It's 415-943-5193. Would love to have you on my text community. And uh, by the way, if you guys are part of the community and want to send me a text, uh, you'll have direct access to me and I can answer any questions you guys have and possibly get your questions answered on the show. So this is episode 74. We've been trying to bring you guys as much awesome content and hopefully useful content as possible. Uh, really, this is about you guys and about trying to bring informative content that helps you guys better navigate the world of intellectual property as you guys navigate your businesses forward. Uh, so we've done a whole series of awesome episodes on how you guys can go about filing your own trademark applications for your mobile apps. Uh, we've uh, I, should, I should probably let Victoria explain, but basically we did a whole bunch of episodes on how you can do it uh, for personal and for your company under intent to use. Um, and then on Thursday last week, we wrapped up how to do it as an individual for actual use. And so I'll go ahead and let Victoria give us a recap of episode 73, which was a, we kind of took a little break for, for an episode just to show you guys the trademarking process. Um, so go ahead, Victoria. Sure. So last week we answered what is the process for obtaining a trademark. Awesome. And so we actually showed you guys various timelines. We showed you guys what the process was from start to finish. I showed you guys the, the examination, which takes three to eight months, and there's the publication period. And then at that point in time, that's where it really matters. Uh, Post-publication, it really matters whether or not you're intent to use or actual use filings. Because uh, if you were an actual use filing, then you're then post publication, you your mark would just be registered and you get a pretty certificate. If it was filed as an intent to use, then you'd get a notice of allowance, and then you'd have to submit a, a statement, what's called an allegation or statement of use. Um, and only after you submit that would your mark then turn into a registered federal federal trademark. So that was episode seventy three, Victoria. What are we going to do today on episode seventy four? Today we're doing, how does my company file a TS Plus trademark application on a mobile application after we release it? Awesome, so we're gonna do a whole series of episodes now on how you guys can file your own trademark applications for your company on your mobile apps, uh, name and logo. So hopefully hopefully this is really useful to you guys. So um, as always, I'm gonna start, start to finish. I'll show you guys how to do it. Uh, we're gonna continue using the sample application that we came up with a few weeks ago, the, the wheelbound application. Uh, I'll show you guys real quick what that logo looks like just so you guys can see it. Uh, and I'll also, actually, what we're gonna do is we're gonna do the word mark uh, today, but I'll show you guys the specimen that I'm gonna propose that we submit. Uh, let me add this screen to, this, to the stream. So as you can see, uh, this is a mobile application that's out available for download. Now, very, very important. You see where it says download app, this is a, very key part of the specimen, you have to actually show how the consumer would actually be able to download the mobile application. Um, otherwise, you will your specimen will likely get rejected. All right, so let's get started. Um, the way that you start off with these applications is by going to tsdr.uspto.gov. So I'm just gonna, oh, whoops, I'm just gonna navigate us there, tsdr.uspto.gov. 
Um, and then you're going to click on file online. And then you're going to click on initial application forms. And again, if you guys don't remember this, just Google USPTO trademark application. And then you're going to click start your application in TS. Um, now, the application, I, I, I'm taken directly to the TS application system because I'm already logged into my USPTO.gov account. So just keep that in mind. If you, if I was not let logged in though, um, or if you're doing this on your own and you don't yet have a USPTO.gov account, not a big deal. Just make one. They're really easy to make, really quick. I uh, highly encourage you guys to have one, anyways. And uh, once you make it, once you log in, you're going to get to this page, right? But you see right here. So first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to zoom in. Um, Victoria, maybe you can give me some feedback uh, as to how zoomed in I should be. Is that good? Okay, awesome. Um, again, I, I can always zoom in one more, more but I think I'll just, Victoria is giving me thumbs up. So I think we're good. So I'm going to do it from the perspective of uh, the actual company. Okay. So I'm not going to do it from the perspective of an attorney. Okay. And I'm going to do the TS plus today. Uh, tomorrow we can do the TS standard. And again, this is going to save you 50 bucks. However, with the TS plus, you're going to be limited in the actual descriptions that you can put in for your mobile application. So the owner of the mark, I'm going to go ahead and select my company, my LLC. Um, now, when you select limited liability company, in this case, it's going to ask you for for the where it's registered. Same with corporation. I'm guessing most. I'm guessing 90% of you guys that are releasing mobile apps as an entity are doing it either as a corporation or a limited liability company. Some of you might be doing it um, as a partnership, but again, for corporation limited liability company, you have to indicate the state that you're that your company is registered in. All right. So for the mailing address again, I'm going to go ahead and use my my co-working address. And um, down below. Um, now, one thing I've stressed in the past, in past episodes is about the domicile address. So if your LLC is actually your home address, you might want to be careful with this because remember, everything in this application is going to be public. Now, if you have a PO box that you use for your business and then your domicile address for the physical address, uh, possibly you might consider inputting it here in this, ch uh, checking this box here. Now, what the beauty of this is that what you put inside here um, is not going to be public. And that's what they indicate here, not publicly viewable. So they make it clear that this is the one safe space where you can input information that isn't going to be published to the trademark database. So I'm going to, I'm not going to put in a domicile address. Again, a lot of you guys are companies probably have your own uh, business addresses. And so it's not as big a deal, but if you're a public figure, you don't want people knowing where you live, then think, consider using this domicile uh, address box. Okay. Now email address is required. I just wanted to point out, um, um, fax number and phone number are not required. Now there's website address. However, I will say, I will say that uh, once you hit next, it's going to give me an error if I don't, not an error, but a warning if I don't put in my phone number. Again, I can disregard it. The key here is that they're going to send all correspondence here to admin at sandertech.co. So this is, this is my business email address. So all information is going to be sent to here. When I click continue, I'm going to get that warning. Telephone has not been entered. Again, it's not a big deal. I'm going to go ahead and click continue. Now, um, now is the part where I actually input the mark information. So as you guys recall, um, there's two types of trademarks. They're generally, generally, right? There's word marks and then there's actual design marks. So today in this in this particular episode, we're going to do the word mark. So that would be the name of the mobile application. So it's the wheelbound. So we want wheelbound to be associated with mobile applications that we put out to the world. So let me go back to this view. So show you guys how we're going to do. So in this uh, we're going to enter our mark name here. This is the cool name that Victoria came up with. Uh, one thing I want to point out is it's one word. Um, 
This, just so you guys know, would be considered technically a different mark if it, there was a space in between. So again, one word um, and standard characters. We're going to go ahead and click continue. Um, now we actually get to describe and input the the description of goods and services. Now we do the DSS plus, and so we're going to get a discount, fifty dollars off. However, however, here's the issue: um, we're limited in the actual description of goods and services that we can input in the system. So if you scroll down, um, there's one that's really good that I like for mobile applications because it's very broad. Just just so you guys understand, um, basically what I'm looking for are these options where you can actually input your own text. So any place that you see curly braces and bold text, you're going to actually be able to fill this out as I'm going to show you guys here momentarily. So if you scroll down, uh, there's a relatively broad, um, ah, this one right here. See, downloadable mobile applications for Victoria. Should I zoom in more? Are we good? Are we good? Okay, cool. So downloadable mobile applications for, and then you can actually type in um, the actual text that, that goes here. So when I click checkbox and then insert checked entries, it's gonna actually gonna give me the opportunity to input this text, which is great. Now, um, as you guys know, uh, in this hypothetical, we've been saying it's a video editing mobile application. So we're gonna go ahead and follow that along that same vein. So editing and producing video content. Um, and then um, that's, we're good to go. So once we hit um, insert checked entries, then we are gonna actually have it entered. So downloadable mobile applications for editing and producing video content. So very cool. Um, again, today we're gonna do section 1A, which means that in this hypothetical, we've already released our mobile application to the world. It's already available for, for download on the Apple, Apple uh, App Store or the Google Play Store. So when I click section 1A, um, again, if you guys are doing this on your own, I highly encourage you guys to read all of this. But suffice so it to say, you're gonna have to upload your specimen and remember, specimen is actual proof that you're using the mark in commerce. So in this particular case, I prepared the specimen beforehand. Um, but just so you guys understand, see, th this is the specimen. So it's a screenshot. Now, obviously, this is a, a hypothetical screenshot. Um, but it's a screenshot that shows the mobile application a means of actually downloading it. Um, and it has the mark on the actual specimen showed associated in association with the mobile application. So those are the key ingredients. I'm going to go ahead and, and attach the specimen. Um, so it takes me to this file to this page. Once you upload it, you're going to have to click attach. One moment. I'm just attaching it now. And I'm going to go ahead and click attach. Now, once it's attached, you know it's been uploaded because you see they give this this message here, file uploaded, and it has been uploaded. So now you can click return to form, and you know that your that your uh, um, specimen has been successfully attached. So one file attached. So I know we're no we know we're good to go. Here we have to actually put a description of the actual specimen. Now one quick thing I want to point out: if your specimen is a web page, you have to provide two important pieces of information. The first is the date that you access the web page, and the second is the actual URL. If you do not have these two pieces of information when you submit your specimen of a web page, then you're going to get an error. So just keep that in mind. So I'm going to go ahead and type in a description of, of specimen. So I'm going to say it's a screenshot showing mark, uh, so screenshot of a web page. How about that? Web page URL to 
um, showing or accessed to access it today. Um, and yeah, I'm, a, I'm ahead here. Uh, access on October 13, 2020, showing use of the mark in connection with a mobile application available for download. Now, one thing that I haven't really stressed much that I want to uh, just point out real quick. So the reason why I'm stressing the fact that it's downloadable is that uh, mobile applications that are downloadable, in other words, that are actually downloaded to the phone, are going to be under class nine. So just keep that in mind. That's why I keep pointing that out. And that's why uh, you, if you don't have the word downloadable in your description, actually, that's something to keep in mind. You actually might get a, a, a examiner that wants you to amend it. So just keep that in mind. All right. Now, there's two important dates that you have to include. One is the date that you first use the mark anywhere. This could be the date that you first purchased the domain, first used it on this, the, heading, the, the signature page of your email, whatever it may be, the first time that you actually put this mark out in the world. Um, now, the second date, they're the first use of mark in commerce. This is the date that you first actually have a, one uh, basically commercially available. So you can have like a download available from a, um, for example, if it's available for download and you have one out of state customer that downloads your mobile application or purchases it, that would be a solid use of, that would, that would be solid proof of use in commerce. So I would keep that proof, any proof that you have that, that when it was actually downloaded. This is actually really, really useful, especially in the future, if anything ever uh, is to arise in the future as to when you're claiming this date is, it's nice to have that proof handy. So just keep that in mind. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and click assign filing basis. And now we're almost through with the application here. So here we see downloadable mobile applications for editing and producing video content. And if we scroll over, we're gonna see that we have an assigned filing basis. So. There we go. We look good. We're going to go ahead and click continue. Uh, now, this is the part where you actually input your reference number. So I'm going to go ahead and put in stlt 5 here. Now, remember, this docket reference number, this is a way for you guys to keep track and stay organized. So really, really useful tool. Uh, use docket numbers if you guys have a lot of cases. Uh, the other thing I want to point out is if you guys have teammates, I would highly recommend that you add them to the additional core secondary email addresses for correspondence. Um, the reason why is that these other email addresses are also going to get courtesy, courtesy copies. Now, this is really useful because you don't want to be in a situation where you get an email and you miss it, it doesn't get calendared, and it slips through the cracks, and then your application goes abandoned. So I know that, however, that Victoria is incredibly, incredibly diligent. And so if she gets an email, I know it's not going to slip through the cracks. So if you guys have teammates, colleagues, whatever, anyone that's on your team that's associated with trademarks, you, you're probably going to want to have their email addresses on here as well. And again, you can enter up to four, just separate them with a semicolon. Now I'm going to go ahead and click continue. Now, once I get here, uh, this is the part where I actually sign the application. So I'm going to go ahead and sign it directly. Um, by the way, you can see here, class nine, 225. So it's 225 per class. So if you had multiple classes, so if you also wanted to file on merch, like if you guys are going to sell caps and shirts, uh, along with your providing your mobile application, you might want to add class 25. However, once you do that, you're going to have to pay two filing fees. And you're actually, by the way, also going to have to show specimen, a specimen for each class. So it's going to be 550. So just keep that in mind. Now I'm going to go ahead and sign directly. <clears throat> now if the declaration, if you guys are doing this on your own, make sure you guys read this very carefully. Um, 
it's very important that you guys read it carefully and make sure you guys understand what you're actually signing. So the first checkbox is pointing out that you're filing under Section 1A. This trips up a lot of people because there's this or down here and it talks about intended use in commerce. But remember, there's an or. So the first top part is what's actually applying to us. So um, these this particular text is fleshed out below, but basically the second checkbox is saying that you believe that to the best of your knowledge, you have a right to use this mark in commerce. In other words, there's no other likely confusing marks out in the marketplace that cover the same goods and goods and services as you. The second checkbox is saying that everything that's, that you say in this application has factual support. And then the fourth checkbox is saying that there is a, that you're signing on a penalty of perjury. So, so any willfully false statements could result in fine or imprisonment. So once you have carefully read these four checkboxes and check them, then you can go ahead and sign. So I'm going to go ahead and sign it. Signature is really, really easy. They make it simple. All you do is put your name within slashes. So forward slash your name and then close forward slash. Uh, this trips up people for some reason. Just It's just, just your name within slashes, all you got to do. And again, date signed it automatically populates it for you. <clears throat> and then just put in your sign the signatory name. Now, this is the part where you can actually input your title. So if you're the president, if you're a CEO, uh, CTO, whatever your title is, go ahead and put it in here. Um, and then again, signatories phone number, this is not required. So I'm going to just not include it just to keep my phone number off the public record. So I'm going to go ahead and click validate. Um, it's going to say, Hey, your number's missing, but remember they have my email address. So they'll be able to communicate with me over email. Now, this is the very last page before we submit. I just want to point out a few things. So one is that you're going to want to make sure that the application is correct. So in order to do that, you can click input you can actually go through the entire application to make sure it's it's correct. Now, one thing I'll point out, and I usually stress it at the very end as well, you want to make sure that you get the spelling right. It's really important. It seems simple. But but as I pointed out, if wheel bound actually should have been two words, like if our specimen actually showed wheel and then bound, that could be an issue. And the reason why it's an issue is that let's say you wanted to fix it, you wouldn't be able to. You'd have to submit a whole new trademark application, even, even for something seemingly as simple as just adding a space. So make sure that the mark that you submit is actually the mark that you're actually using in commerce. So it's very, very important. Trips up some people and, and it's it's costly because you got to pay for a whole nother filing app, filing fee. Again, this is our the owner of the mark. This is the company. So just to be clear, the owner of the mark should be the entity that controls the nature and quality of the goods. So in this case, the company's putting it out. So customer facing customer, when they download the application, they are downloading it from our company. So that would be the appropriate owner in this particular hypothetical. Now, again, this is the email address. This is really important because this is the address that's going to be used to communicate with us. Now, again, limited liability company. We have to state the state of where it's organized. And again, this right here, this is the description of goods. Now, with the TS Plus, remember, we couldn't, we were limited. We could only enter in this bit here. Um, the information before was canned. So we, we didn't have an option. We couldn't uh, modify that. So that's the trade off. You save 50 bucks, but then you're limited on the identification on the actual text that you can input in here. So generally, as I've said in the past, I generally recommend pay the extra 50 bucks, just get full latitude. You can type in whatever you want and in the box. Um, of course, it has to be it has to be covered by that class, but you have you have a lot more latitude. So just keep that in mind. And again, these are the two very important dates. The first is the the uh, first use anywhere. So this is the date where you first purchase a domain name, create, use it as a signature, created business cards, whatever it may be. The first earliest date that you have of actually using that word in association um, uh, anywhere. So just keep that in mind. And then the first use in commerce date, this is the first date where you actually 
have consumers purchasing or downloading your mobile application. And again, to be safe, I would keep any records that you have of, the, of those early downloads. Uh, and the other thing I want to point out is that for it to involve commerce, it should involve uh, at least one other state. So ideally, this would be the date that, that someone from out of state downloaded the mobile application, downloaded or purchased the mobile application from the App Store. So if we were in California, then someone downloading and purchasing the mobile application that lived in Nevada, um, that would that would invoke interstate commerce. So uh, just keep that in mind. And again, this is the filing, <clears throat> the specimen file name. So if I click on this link here, it's actually going to take me to the specimen. And this is the description of the specimen. So remember, two important things for web pages. You need to have the URL, and you have to have the date that you access the URL. Very important. People forget that. And so because of that, they actually get their, their trademarks uh, rejected. Sorry, their uh, specimens re rejected. So they have to resubmit their, their specimen. Now, again, this is the correspondence information. I added Victoria here because she's awesome, and I, she won't let anything slip through the cracks. Um, and again, 225 per class. And this is my signature here. So application looks good to go. I'm going to go ahead and click back. And again, if you want to see the mark, click mark, and it'll actually show you the trademark as you intend to file. So there it is, wheel bound. And then if we click specimen, we can actually see, <clears throat> we'll actually get a link again, and I can open it a new tab, and I can see what it'll actually look like. Um, oh, it's not loading for some reason. Oh. Oh, it's because it's a pop-up, that's why. But this is the specimen, so I feel good about it. I'm going to go ahead and go back. Now, I want to point out just a couple things before I submit. The first thing I want to point out is that uh, there's this notice here that you have to that you should definitely read and read it carefully. You have to check this box acknowledging that you've read the, these three items. So let's really quickly paraphrase them. The first is that you do not have any right to a refund. So if you forgot to add the space between wheel and bound, tough luck. You got to pay for a whole new filing fee, there's no refunds. The second is that you have no right to confidentiality. So everything in this application is going to be public immediately once you once you file and pay the fee. So keep that in mind. Um, now, why is that important? So let's say you're a public figure and you actually have your, your home address. Okay, that, that might not jive with some of you guys. You guys might not like that. So just keep that in mind. If you have a, uh, if you, for, if you're a public figure, you may want to keep your, your home address off of the public record. So just keep that in mind. Uh, make sure that you use PO box and then maybe use the, the uncheck the domicile or or if you have an office, make sure you use the office address. Now the third is just saying that because big because these applications are all public, unfortunately there's companies out there that actually mine for new filings and then send scam letters trying to shake people down for fees they don't actually have to pay. So I would go to this page, take a look at it, but just understand that you should expect to be receiving some junk mail that looks kind of like this or there's there's numerous examples. Just take a look, but they're all they're all scams. They're just trying to shake you down. Again, this one's asking for fourteen twenty one thousand four hundred twenty dollars. Again, there's no reason why you have to pay any fees to any organization other other than the trademark office. And any future fees, by the way, that would be due, you're going to pay through through the trademark system. So that's the huge big tell. Now, again, if you're not sure, just go ahead and Google misleading trademark notices. You'll get to this page here. And then once you get the letter, just just search search by the, the, the entity that sent you the letter. And there's a good, good shot that it actually will show up here because they do a really, really good job of keeping track of all these various entities that send these scam letters. So keep that in mind. All right.
So this trademark application looks good to go. I'm gonna go ahead and click submit. But before that, I wanna point out two things. If you found some error in this application, not a big deal. You can just click go back to modify and you can actually step backwards through the entire application. So this application looks good to me. I'm gonna go ahead and click validate, uh, move forward. And again, everything that you do is gonna, you forward and backwards, you can move. It'll save all your information. So you don't have to, to worry about having to re-input information all over again. Um, very, very last thing before I submit, I just wanna point out, if you guys are not 100% sure about submitting today, not a big deal. Just click save form. It'll download what's called a .obj file. Then you can go back to your team, discuss the application. Um, when you're ready to actually submit, you just go at the very start of the page. There's an option to upload a .obj file. So you can upload the .obj file. It'll essentially restore the entire session. So you can click through, click through, click through, click through until you get to the end. So it'll save you a lot of time if you're not 100% sure about submitting, but you filled it all out, just save the form and then come back to it tomorrow. It'll upload the obj.obj file and it'll literally repopulate the entire session for you. So again, application looks good. I'm going to go ahead and check the check mark the checkbox and click pay submit. So that's going to take me to a payment page. Um, once I'm in the payment page, all I have to do is click uh, fill out my credit card information and click pay. And then what's going to happen is I'm going to get have an opportunity to download the filing receipt. Okay. Now the filing receipt is essentially a record of the entire application. So again, credit card again, 225. Once I input my credit card information and my phone number, uh, my uh, uh, information for my card and click submit payment, then I'm gonna be taken to that page. So again, um, you're gonna be able to download the application and it's gonna also give you the serial number. And the serial number is really important because, because at any time you can go to tsdr.usbto.gov and check on the status of your application. So really, really useful. Keep that serial number handy. And the other thing I wanted to point out, um, you actually, even if you, for some reason, you didn't download the, the application, it's okay. You're going to get an email, okay? So you'll get emails um, with the actual papers that you filed, and it'll have your serial number. So it's really useful. Keep that handy. And um, yeah, you can check the status anytime, tsdr.usbto.gov. So that was episode number 74. Uh, go back to check out 73 if you guys want to see an overview of the entire process. But we're going to continue giving you guys uh, complete descriptions for how, complete tutorials for how you guys can go about filing these trademark applications for your company. Uh, if you guys have specific questions, just send them to Victoria. She's at Victoria to dbip.com. Uh, just shoot her a question. She'll get a, your question here on the show. Um, by the way, if you guys want to join our text community, we'd love to have you on our text community. It's 415 943 5193-415-943-5193. If you're on the text community, you can have direct access to me, shoot me a text, um, I'll respond. And then also if you have questions, I will get them on the show. So that was episode 74. I look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow for episode 75. Thank you so much for watching.